Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, January the 18th, 2023. So glad you guys are on. We are uh, continuing through our, uh, with our reading plan through the New Testament in a year. Uh, and so that takes us today to um, John chapter 3. Uh, and this week we'll read uh, 3, 4, and 5. So tomorrow we'll read John chapter 4, uh, and then 5 we'll read on our own. The, the reading plan is based on five readings uh, a week, so a chapter a day. Uh, if you want to throw in another Old Testament chapter and uh, Psalms and Proverbs, about you know basically about three other chapters. You read about three or four, about four chapters a day. Uh, so three in addition to the one we read. You'll be read through the entire Bible in a year. But we're doing just the New Testament together, and uh, just for the sake for the, just the sake of time, and um, yeah, because we all got other stuff to do. <laughs> I guess if it was like uh, this was my only thing to do, and we could like <laughs> spend an hour, and maybe that would work. But John chapter three, y'all. John chapter 3. You know we do. We read. We pray. We change the world. Let's do it. I love this chapter. This is an awesome chapter. Hi, Deborah. Good morning, Linda, Molly, Carol. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Those of you that jump on later, I know some people watch it later in the day or listen to it later in the day. Glad you guys are on. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. John chapter 3. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. Okay. So uh, he was a Pharisee, and he also was uh, likely a Sadducee, so uh, kind of ruled the affairs of the Jewish people. So he was a person trained in uh, religious uh Religious training kept the uh, kept the law and was a, a strict a adherent to the law. Verse two, he came to Jesus at night and said, "Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God." I mean, that alone is no small uh, affirmation, right? I mean, that's not that's not exactly tokenish. I mean, that's quite a. a Assuming he meant it, that's that's quite a compliment. You are a, a teacher who has come from God. I mean, that's pretty good. Um, and so, so for one to for one, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. So Nicodemus obviously has been observing the ministry of Jesus, right? Because he has seen some things that has called that has captured his attention and his imagination, 
Uh, so he's saying, we know like there, the things that we have witnessed in your life and God doing through you, uh, we know it's the work of God because there's the things that you, the signs that you performed uh, would not be possible if God were not at work in him. So Nicodemus is leaning in, right? Like he's already like, this is something's happening in the life of Jesus. And it's to the point that he comes at night, right? He comes at night to speak with Jesus. Now, uh, John, the gospel of John, the writer, there is always like symbolism and there's almost always multiple layers going on. Right. And so, uh, it is symbolic that, uh, this whole conversation, uh, happens at night <laughs> in the darkness as it were. And so it says, so surely uh, you cannot perform the signs you're doing. If God were not with him, verse three, Jesus replies, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Hmm. So you can't see the activity of God. You're not going to see the realm of God, the reign of God, the rule of God, the activity of God, the, uh, the fullness of God. You're not going to see that unless you're born again. You're not going to experience the kingdom of God uh, without being born again. Um, you know, you heard it said, I don't want to be, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm just not one of them born-again Christians. Well, that's the only kind there are. <laughs> that's, there, there are this, like, born-again is not a title. It's not like a type of Christian. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an honest, you know, God-fearing, Bible-believing, uh, Christ-loving Christian, but I'm not one of them born-again Christians. Well, mm, I hope you are, because that's the only kind there are. There's not a, there's not another kind of the only it, to be a Christian is by definition to be born again. If you have not been born again, Jesus says, you're not even going to see the kingdom. Ooh, snap! I'm a progressive Christian. Well, then I'm not a born again Christian. Well, that's problematic <laughs> because uh, there's no such thing as a progressive Christian. There's only born again Christians. <laughs> so I'm not a I'm a conservative, but I'm not one of them born again Christians. Well, then that's a problem because there's no such thing as a conservative Christian. There's only born again Christians. <laughs> so you can throw those adjectives around all you want. Jesus says you don't see the kingdom. I don't care if you're a conservative, liberal, progressive, indifferent. Just a plain old. I'm not a. I'm not one of the born old. I'm just a plain old Christian. <laughs> I'm just plain old. I'm just a plain old. Well, no. Well, there's only one kind, and it's not really even a type. It's it's a. It's what happens to you spiritually in order for you to become a Christian. Namely, you must be born again. I remember when our daughter, our oldest daughter, was was uh, little and we were at the beach and <laughs> there were these kids you know the kids of the age you know little kids when they're like two or three or three or four when they like to tell you their age and uh we, there were these kids that you know came up to her at the beach and they were um uh, like two other little kids and they were all playing and they were like how old are you how old are you and the other little kids were like, i'm 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 three and three fourths okay great and I'm two and a half. Great. Okay. And how old are you, uh, Casey? My old, I'm just, 
She said, I'm just plain O3. <laughs> I'm just plain O3. Like, <laughs> uh, just plain O3. <laughs> um, so some of you may say, I'm just a plain old Christian. I'm not a born again. I'm just a plain old. Well, no, you, well, you, you got to be born again. Okay. So it's not a title. It's an experience. So Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. What do you got? You got to get a new set of eyes. You got to have spiritual vision. You got to have a new relationship with God. You got to be washed of your sin and you must be, be recreated from the inside out. How does that happen? By being born again. That's what makes you a Christian. How, verse uh, 4, Nicodemus has a very good question here. It's like, how can someone be born when they are old? And Nicodemus asked this. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. He's like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't understand. I don't get this uh, analogy. To be born again, what do you mean? Like, and so Nicodemus is speaking strictly biologically. Surely a person cannot re-enter their mother's womb and be born. That's impossible. It's weird. It's creepy. Strange. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um. Verse 5, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. But it is so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Wow. So he says, no, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born two ways, of, the, of water, which is basically natural birth. Uh, born of water is just a, a way of, because we see this next, because flesh gives birth to flesh, right? So being born of water is, is, being, is a flesh, your, your normal biological birth. And so, um, just basically a basic, you know, reality of life. You know, flesh gives birth to flesh. Women give birth to children. <laughs> There's a lot, of, a lot of confusion these days around gender. It's not that confusing, guys. It's not that confusing. It's not that, there's two genders, you know, there's two. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh. You know, every person on planet Earth has been born of, by a woman. That's it. That, that's the way it happens. <laughs> it's not confusing. So, uh, <laughs> um, so flesh gives birth to flesh. So if you want to be born again, if you want to see the kingdom of God, then you must be born of water. So you have to be, uh, you got to be born of the flesh. And secondly, you got to be born of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. So he's saying, this is, it's mysterious. You shouldn't be surprised that to enter into God's spiritual kingdom, you have to be spiritually reborn. 
um, and the wind blows. You can't see the moving of the wind. And and the interesting the word here because uh, it's the same like in in Hebrew and in Greek the language is used in the Bible in the New Testament it's Greek. These words for spirit and wind are synonymous, particularly in Hebrew. Uh, the name is the word is ruach, and it's so this the idea of wind, breath, spirit. It's all the same word. So the wind blows, the spirit blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound. So you see the 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 the, the leaves rustling in the trees. But you don't know where it comes from. You just see the activity. You see the effect of it. So it is with someone who's been born again, right? You see people who become Christians, you're like, yeah, I mean, I saw some things. I saw them maybe, you know, bow their head to pray, and I saw them make a, uh, I saw them pray to Jesus. I saw them worship. Um, I saw these things. I didn't actually see the transformation of their heart, but I see that this, the, that it's, that something has happened in their life. Something has moved across their life, and they are not the same person. Just like with the wind, you don't see where it's coming from. You don't see where it's going, but man, you can see that it has been here. And in your life, that's how you know you've been born of the Spirit. You're like, I'm not the same person. I can't explain it. I can't, you know, pinpoint every aspect of it. I know that Jesus did it, but all I know is that the Lord has come through this house, <laughs> and it's and that's not the same. It's not the same. So it is with everyone who's born, been born of the Spirit. Verse 9, how can this be, Nicodemus asked. Verse 10, you are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. Now, he's raised, now it's consistent in Scripture is this higher expectation for understanding and comprehension and teaching and obedience by teachers. Like, if you're going to teach, you got to get this. That's why Jesus also was pretty hard on his disciples, because they're going to be the teachers. They're going to be the leaders. Like, you got to get this. And so here, Nicodemus, being a Pharisee, he's like, how can this be? And Jesus is like, you're, a te you're Israel's teacher. Do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify of what we've seen. But still, you people do not accept our testimony. Now, who are you people? The religious leaders, likely. Probably who Jesus is talking about. You people, you religious leaders, you, you, you know, that just don't want to hear what, hear what God is up to. I have spoken to you on earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe it if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven. Hmm. No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came from heaven. The Son of Man. Jesus often referred to himself as the Son of Man. Here he is again. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Wow. So just as uh, in the wilderness, uh, I think it's in uh, the book of Numbers, the, uh, the serpent was lifted up on the snake, or the snake was lifted up on the, on the staff. People looked at the, uh, at the serpent on the staff. It's kind of where we get our symbol for the pharmacy, right? If you look at that, they were healed. They were made well. And so similarly, Jesus is saying the Son of Man who came from heaven, the only one who ever came to earth from heaven, Jesus, is also going to be lifted up. The Son of Man must be lifted up, and whoever believes in him will have eternal life. See, what Jesus is doing is telling Nicodemus exactly how to be born again. 
How can you be born again? Well, this is what's going to happen. The Son of Man is going to be lifted up. He's going to be lifted up on a cross for the sins of the world. Anyone who looks to him, just like in the wilderness, it was a, it was a foreshadowing of the, of the life and ministry of Jesus in the wilderness. As the people looked up to the, to the cross, as it were, up to the, the staff and were healed, so now as people look to Jesus in belief and in faith and in trust, seeing him as the one sent by God, they'll be born again. Verse 16. Here we go. But why does Jesus have to be lifted up? Why does he have to die? Why did he have to give his life as an atoning sacrifice for sin? Here's why. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through them. You see, Jesus didn't, Jesus, Jesus did not come to condemn the world. So it's, it's similar to that, that, that visual in the wilderness, right? You got people dying of sickness. It, it's not like God just said, uh, hey, yeah, looks like you guys are all dying. No, Jesus came into the world to be lifted up to provide a healing, a solution, an answer to the death and destruction on this planet. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever now looks to him, just like the children in the wilderness, look to, the, to Moses raising the staff with a serpent on it, will be healed. They won't perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Look, <laughs> the reality is, if you're, if you're, those who don't believe in Jesus are condemned already. Jesus didn't come to condemn them. They're already, we, we, before Jesus, we are already in a, we already have a terminal illness that is called sin. Jesus came to provide a healing remedy for that. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. This is real. Light has come into the world. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil. Hmm. You think about this. I mean, Nicodemus came to speak to Jesus at night. So, so again, John's kind of pointing out the, uh, the uh, irony of this, right? And so Jesus is like, you know, people who, you love, people who love darkness, they come to come, uh, they like darkness better than light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so, so that it may be seen plainly what they have done, what they, what, what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Yeah. So people don't, people don't want to get into the light of God because it reveals, exposes them. Verse 22. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and, and baptized. Hmm. So Jesus was baptizing people too. Now John also was baptizing in Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. This was before John was put in prison. 
So for those contemporaries who are wondering, when exactly did all that happen? Well, it was before he was put in prison. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of Jordan, the one you testified about. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's baptizing and everyone is going to him. John, he get more followers than you. He got more Instagram followers than you, Jesus, uh, John. Jesus getting all the followers. <laughs> uh, everybody's going, all, all these people, like, they're leaving John. They're starting to follow Jesus. Listen to what John says. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given to them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. Ooh, man, that's beautiful. John's saying, look, it, I'm, they're not my people. They're Jesus' people. Look, I can only do what I'm called to do. I, I'm accountable for, what I, what, for the uh, calling that's been entrusted to me. And that's true for you too, man. Like you're only, you're, you're accountable for the calling entrusted to you. You know, you don't have to compare. You don't have to look at what so-and-so's doing, how, how, they, how well they do. No, just, just be a good steward of what you've been given, of the resources, of the calling, of the influence that you've been given. Use that well. At the end of the day, they're, it's, they're God's people, you know? The church isn't, like, as a pastor, the church isn't my church. It's God's church. Um, and that's true of every church, Right? They're, they're Jesus's people, you know? It's not Terry's people, it's Jesus's people. Um, he said, I'm not the Messiah. The, the bride, the, the people of God, they belong to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine. Like, I'm, I'm the joy, I'm, I'm the, I'm, I, I got the joy of the best man. I'm not I'm not the bridegroom. I'm not the groom. I'm the I'm the best man. And my joy comes with seeing him happy. As as his first attendant, I'm happy when he's happy. So if Jesus is getting glory and gl Jesus is getting honor and Jesus is smiling, so am I. Man, that should be our all of our hearts, right? We should adopt John the Baptist's spirit right here. That joy is mine. And it is now complete. I'm I'm happy when Jesus is happy. If God is happy with it, I'm happy with it. That's often true of the church, right? Like, look, when you look at the church, is, is, is Jesus happy with the church? If Jesus is happy with it, we should be happy with it. Well, I wish we had this. I wish we had that. I wish we had more of this. I wish we had less of that. Is Jesus happy with the church? If, he's jo if, his, joy is, if his joy is complete, so is mine. Yeah. The one who comes from above is above all. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. I missed the part. He must become greater. I missed the very important part. John speaking says, he, he, Jesus, must become greater, and I must become less. That's the story of Christian maturity right there. That's all of us in our lives. Jesus must get greater. I must become less. More of him, less of me. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. That's Jesus. He testified to, testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever has accepted it 
has certified that God is truthful. For the one from God has for the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God gives the spirit without limit. Hmm. Aren't you glad that? Aren't you glad that God gives the spirit without limit? And that Jesus sent from God speaks the very words of God. That's why we love the Bible, man. The Bible holds for us, contains for us, the very words of Jesus, the words of God. It's the word of God, but it's also the words of God. It's what he said. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything. Come on now. He's placed everything in his hands. You too. He's placed you in his hands. He's placed your situation. He's placed your life. Placed your finances. Placed your children. Placed your future in his hands. He, you know what? He got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> he got the whole world in his hands. He can handle it. Verse 16. Whoever believes in the Son. Here you go, y'all. Here you go. This is a great one. Or 36. John 3, 36 right here. 336. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. What? They already condemned. What is the wrath of God? The wrath of God is that God has turned people over to their sin. We've talked about this before, but in Romans chapter 1 and 2, it lays it out very clearly. We think about the wrath of God as like this big, like, you know, anger, like this, you know, this uh, temper tantrum. No, no, no. The wrath of God is that God gives people over to their sin. He lets people have what they want. And people that are filled with sin want those things that are opposed to God. And so the wrath of God is revealed in this, that instead of um, delivering them, he lets them have what they want. And so the wrath of God remains on them. And so it's the same. It's the, it goes back to that same analogy of the children in the wilderness who are dying in sin. They have you have to look to something, and if you refuse to look to something, you're going to die in the condition that you're in. Well, I don't want to look to Jesus. I don't want to look. I can fix myself. No, you're going to die in your sin. We can just fix ourselves. We'll just look to other people. We'll just look to one. I'll look inside myself. You will die in your sin. The wrath of God will remain on you. You have to look up. You must believe in him to find healing. The healing for the human condition does not come from within the human condition. The healing for the human condition comes from outside. It comes from heaven to earth. So we have to look to Jesus who brings healing in his wings, and with him we find eternal life. Believe on him, you will be saved. Believe on him, and you will be healed. That's what Jesus was teaching. You must be born again because flesh will die. So if you want to be born again, if you want to live eternal life, you've got to, you've got to, something's got to be injected into you that is not from this world. And it's the Spirit of God, the eternal, blameless Spirit of God that is given to us through Jesus. Because the stuff here, all the stuff on this planet is dying. It's the wilderness. It's all dying. So if you want to live, you've got to look to Jesus. You've got to look to Jesus. All right, you guys. Man, I love John chapter 3. So much good stuff in there. Thanks for being on today, y'all. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for, um, for your word. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for 
uh, sending Jesus who came and lived a perfect life and gave his life for us on a cross. Lord, thank you that through believing in him, we have eternal life. God, thank you for the spirit that has blown through our lives, that has changed us and transformed us. We can't explain it. We can't articulate it all the time. We just know it has happened, that your spirit has uh, breathed on us and changed us. God, help us to always look to you. Uh, forgive us for the times we tried to fix ourselves and help us to uh, remember that true healing comes only through you. Lord, I pray for my friends today. I pray that you would bless them and encourage them. Whatever they need, I pray that you would provide it, give them strength and encouragement today as they walk uh, this life in this day uh, in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for being a part of this. Love you guys. We'll be back at it tomorrow with John chapter 4. Hope you can be a part of that. Have a great day. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing, all those things. Appreciate you getting the word out about the podcast. You guys have a great day. Love you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.